Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of RiseCast Podcast. Uh, this is episode eight, and uh, we've got uh, a fair amount of things to cover today. Uh, in the studio, I have the wonderful, amazing Connie. Say hello, Connie. You're too kind. Hello. And um, let's just get uh, get started. There's been a lot of things, as we like to uh, open up our podcast, talking about the local sports going around. And uh, we, we've had quite a bit cooking down here uh, in the ATL, haven't we? Yes, we have. Um, our beloved Atlanta United. Um, ha- they haven't played a game since our last podcast. We had to uh, actually um, do an episode a little earlier than we normally would uh, because um, I will be uh, out of town uh, for the next few days. So uh, Connie's very sad. But that's my uh, tender bit for today. Yeah, that's her tender bit for the day. <laughs> So I'll actually probably be producing this podcast. Um, I'm going to have some time. I've got like a five-hour flight to uh, San Diego. All for business, though. No pleasure. But um, back to Atlanta United. Uh, During the Montreal game, Perez was shown a red card that... uh, if you asked anyone that have seen the play, and you know Connie and I have have actually we didn't watch the game, but uh, we saw the play. Uh, there is no way that warranted a red card. It was not a flagrant. Uh, I I think a yellow card might have even been excessive on that one. Um, Perez definitely did bump. You know, bump the attacker in the penalty area, but uh, both were were playing the ball. Um, I didn't see any shoving that I thought warranted a severe penalty. At that point, just give the guy the PK and and you know let him take his goal. Josh, you played soccer in in your years of playing. You you, you played for how long? I played five years. Five years. Four varsity. In those five years of playing soccer, how many times did you witness a red card? I've seen one. <laughs> and so and, far, and we've the seen reason three. why <laughs> I, I remember this vividly, uh, I was playing goalkeeper, and from the opposite side of the field, we were we were on the attacking third of the field. So all the the play is is way away from me. Can I say way away? Does that? That's one of those weird away. It's a weird in, word. In, away. Away. In the more galaxy. you say it, it just sounds wrong. In a galaxy far, away, far away. Away, away, <laughs> But anyways, so we had an, an open goal. The goalkeeper was out of position. And in the goal box, we shoot. And the and the kid practically catches the ball. I mean, it was a blatant, intentional handball to keep the ball from going in the goal. The ironic thing was the kid that had the handball was their 
primary goalkeeper, but he was playing defense that day. <laughs> so it was natural ha- to him. <laughs> yep, old habits die hard. Uh, he was shown a red card. Uh, wave bye bye for the next game, and uh, we uh, we connected with the penalty kick. So that was the one the one situation the where one. I've seen a red card. But that was blatant. That was blatant. Yeah. There are things that I've seen that probably could have warranted a red card, but... Uh, but the fact of the matter is you just don't see them this no, often. It, the game isn't meant... I mean, a red card is a serious penalty in soccer because that person is now disqualified and you have to play shorthanded. It's like a power play for the opposite team for the remainder of the game. And in the case of Atlanta United... It happened in stoppage time in the first half. So, you know, they were up one nothing. where, you know, it ended up tying the game 1-1. But Atlanta United was forced to play 10 on 11 for the entire second half. And on, on a penalty, well, the penalty was legit, but the on a red card, that should never have happened. So, in MLS rules, you get up to two failed um, appeals. Well, they appealed this one, and three uh, independent reviewers looked at it, and they all agreed, no, that should not have been a red card. So, uh, Perez, who, who is... You know, arguably one of one of our better defenders um, will be available for uh, the next match against Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake, and that will be this weekend. Yep, a late game for us. Yep, nine thirty p.m. Eastern. So after sunset, though. So yes, giddy up. You can can watch a little soccer. Absolutely, that's what I'll be doing. There you go. <laughs> and I will be three hours behind. Yes. Um, The last time we talked, the Braves were on the verge of a sweep. And I am happy to say they swept the San Diego Padres in four games to open up SunTrust Park. We're not going to talk about... um the series against the Nationals, though, that the Nationals just painful. have the Braves number. It was it was pretty painful. I mean, 20 hits, 14 runs. Some grand slams. I mean, that's like, not to be crude, but bar league softball. Yeah, and they lost today. They, they got swept. All right, so you open up with a sweep and... Uh, Close that uh, homestand with a sweep. Mm-hmm. All right. But uh, our our faithful Milwaukee Brewers have been uh, doing okay. I mean, last I saw, they were above 500, which is a feat. They lost, they, they lost two to the Cubs, though, which upsets me. Boo. You know how I feel about those Cubs. I do. I Sorry to our Chicago fans, but I'm not a Cubs fan. No. I'm a Brewers fan, and 
of course the tribe so we're not we're gonna stop talking about that now okay well <laughs> that segues into the next one um connie and i both listened to um uh, shout out to 92.9 the game mm-hmm. uh out of atl um sports talk radio all day long um we we actually list started listening to it because um one of my favorite things to do during a after a Packers victory over the Bears, we were so close to Chicago that you just flip on Chicago Talk Radio and and listen to uh, all the Bear fans call in. And uh, well, we kind of did the same thing after the the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, and uh, you would have swore the sky was falling. And it was it was pretty humorous for for a few days, but uh, you know. I've been there. Packers lost, you know, in a Super Bowl too, and it's it's tough. But, um, but anyways, it kind of got us hooked to uh, listening to these guys. Um, it's you know, there's some pretty entertaining stuff. And the big talk today, uh, the NFL released all of the schedules for the 2017 season, and um, so the Green Bay Packers closed the Georgia Dome with a um, embarrassing loss to the Falcons, but they will open up the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in week two against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I believe it's Sunday, Sunday night football. It's Sunday night football. And I would, since we... For those who don't know, this was just breaking. They've pushed back the opening for Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Originally, the first event to be played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium was supposed to be Atlanta United playing Orlando City, correct? Was that correct? Uh, correct. Yes. Um, that's been pushed back. So now Atlanta United will not be playing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium at the end of July. So... The first games are actually going to be Atlanta Falcons preseason games if it's completed by then. See, and this was this was a big deal because in the first game for Atlanta United, we sold out Bobby Dodd Stadium with fifty five thousand. There was people. standing room only, and, and even people in the bleachers stood the entire time. And and with Atlanta United supposed to have the first game. Um, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, there was the potential this game could have sold out 70,000 people. Yes, very possible. Not only all of the rabid, ravenous Atlanta United fans, but people just wanting to see the stadium. Yep. So there were quite a few uh, Atlanta United season ticket holders that were not very pleased. Rightfully so. But... uh Regardless, it is what it is, and uh, you know we will still have a, a pretty sweet stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will will be probably the nicest stadium in the world until something else better comes along. But uh, if you haven't seen the design of it, look up Mercedes Benz Stadium Atlanta, and uh, you can see the renderings of the the retractable roof, which is one of a kind. I mean, yes, it. It's kind of like a shutter on a camera. It's 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 pretty cool. It is very cool. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, uh, week two, Green Bay Packers will be in Atlanta. And uh, while we say go pack go. Go pack go. uh, The rest of Atlanta will say rise up. And that brings us to our topic today. TMI. That stands for total member involvement. Oh, I thought you were going to say too much information. Well, that's what I thought it was until uh, until I heard it was total member involvement. And it's actually a thing. It actually is a thing. It actually is a thing. But um, before we go into our topic today, uh, Connie has uh, yet another tender bit that she would like to to share. So uh, without further ado, here is Connie's tender bit. This article is taken from the Huffington Post, their healthy living. Um, It was actually, it's actually from March 17th, but um, there's some other stuff that came up that I wasn't able to to talk about this one, but this one's a really, really great story. It's actually um, a story that takes place in Wisconsin, Oshkosh to to be exact. There was a hairstylist um, in February that um, she proved to be a cut above the rest when she helped a client that was seemingly experiencing mental health. Um, She noticed the woman was pulling off every all soft product by Redken off the shelf. And so Kate Langman, the employee, noticed uh, what the customer was doing and approached her to see if she needed any help. The two began to talk and Langman soon learned that the woman had depression She hadn't left her bed in six months due to her mental health condition, and she told Langman that she had neglected to wash or brush her hair. Instead, the woman had pulled her hair back into a bun, which over over time became a giant matted knot. Langman offered to do the woman's hair, making her appointment for the very next day. Langman said, I have very close family that went through similar mental health struggles. If I would have let her walk away with all those products, she would have spent hundreds of dollars and she would have gotten nowhere, which she would have probably viewed as another failure for herself. But the woman didn't show up for the appointment. Two weeks later, she called and booked another appointment and again was a no-show. Langman was quoted as saying, it actually kind of broke my heart. Then on March 9th, the woman came into the salon and asked Langman if she could do her hair. When she walked in that day, I had a feeling of relief, Langman told Huffington Post, that still had that that she still had that drive to feel like herself again. Langman worked with the woman for over eight hours, brushing, cutting, and coloring her hair, and the results were phenomenal were phenomenal. After the experience, Langman posted the story to Facebook where it went viral, receiving over sixteen thousand shares and thirty-five thousand likes. By the end of this service, I could see the sparkle in her eyes. The anonymous client's symptoms weren't uncommon for the more than 300 million people worldwide who experience depression. The disorder can deplete a person's energy and motivation, making simple routines like fixing your hair feel like an excruciating task. Langman said she's happy she could be there for the woman. I just wanted her to know that there is someone here to help her. No matter the circumstances, she needed someone who she could count on, and I just wanted to be that person for her. 
And um, we'll make sure to post that story on our page. That brings us to um, some housekeeping here. Um, I have to apologize to all of our listeners out there. Um, I misspoke in uh, our last episode. Our Facebook page was not the address that I gave. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, our Facebook page is actually facebook.com slash Project Rise Ministries. Again. Facebook.com slash Project Rise Ministries. Thank you. The Rise for, that's the number, Rise for Jesus is actually our Twitter account, which um, if you follow our Facebook page, anything that goes on Facebook goes to Twitter unless uh, Connie posts something direct to Twitter. Um, She's the one that likes to tweet. I generally kind of stay away from Twitter. I'm still not even that good at Twitter. I'm just. But you tweet more than I do. <laughs> I I just set up much. all my Facebook pages to tweet directly. I'm definitely in between that. I'm definitely not a millennial. I'm I'm up on it enough, but I'm not constantly on social media like some of my younger peers. I'm a businessman, so email is my thing. Um, Facebook comes I used to be up on Facebook I remember Facebook when you had to be a college student to use it then when all the 13 year olds came on board and they opened it up to everybody and their brother then Facebook kind of lost its luster it's so funny because you said I'm a businessman so emails my thing and I'm like I'm an introvert so not talking to anyone is kind of my thing <laughs> <laughs> This is true. <laughs> it, it it was hard to get her to say I do at our wedding. I kid, I kid. Um, but uh, okay. So again, Facebook, follow us. Facebook dot com slash Project Rise Ministries. Yes. Okay. okay. Now that I've formally apologized, uh, we can move on with the show here. Um. Okay, TMI, where in the world did we hear about this? We heard about it from the NAD. And if you want to explain to our listeners who do not know what the NAD is, I will find the article. The NAD is the, for those non-Adventists, North American Division. Um, That is the senior most level of, I don't know, church authority, um, aside from the general conference, which is the worldwide governing body. Yes. Um, we had a meeting, uh, a combined meeting of the Southern Union and the South Atlantic Conference um, this past December, where President Ted Wilson... Um, he is the president of the general conference, so um, that's about as high as you can go, um, you know, other than God. I'm not, by by no means am I comparing him on any level. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's the highest level in the uh, Seventh-day Adventist church. But uh, anyways, um, in his address... 
I can uh, see it, the numbers of our listeners dropping as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can hear all the hate mail right now. Um, <laughs> which you can send to projectrisecast <laughs> at gmail.com. www.idontcare.com. Thanks, Roger Hernandez, for that one. But uh, we had a meeting um, where we basically celebrated... The Compassion 100K. It was our convocation. It was the convocation. So we went over a Compassion project that we had going through all the churches in Atlanta uh, in 2016. And during his address, he started using the acronym TMI. And generally when I hear acronyms, especially, you know, older the older generation using some acronyms they like to use other words that uh i don't know whether they're doing it on purpose or what's an example of this can you give us an example i I know that i've heard other uses of lol which is shorthand for laughing out loud um i don't remember what i've heard but you know, I've I've heard you know, dads and 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 moms using this and thinking it meant something totally different. Oh, oh, like like love, love out loud or something like that. Like I something can't crazy like where love it, online it, exactly where you know they're missing the boat of where it, what it means. So when I heard him throwing TMI out there. I was like, "Oh, great! This is this is someone trying to be relevant to the millennial crowd by using something a, a cute acronym that you know TMI means in in current terms too much too information. Much but uh, the, you know, I gave him a chance and listened to it, and and what he said made perfect sense. TMI is total." member involvement total member involvement so this is a thing this is a nad sanctioned project um i believe they have a website and everything too yes which uh we will link on our facebook page facebook.com slash project rise ministries (laughs) yes because they have resources so we want to make sure to link that up so connie what is Total member involvement. Total member involvement can be that one of the things that they found in Rwanda is one of the best ways to quote it was reach one, lose none, and disciple all. Um, the Bible verse they use is taken from Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. They also quote uh, from Gospel Workers, page 352, The work of God in this earth can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership rally to the work and unite their efforts with those of ministers and church officers. So this was an article um, written by Duane McKee, in Adventist Review, actually, um, back last year in August. Um, so I'll just 
kind of go over it real quick. It just says, in this past May, for the first time in the history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, an outreach event took place in Rwanda that is changing the way we look at evangelism. And this is real special to me because obviously as personal ministries leader, it's it's what we do. Um, but evangelism has always been a passion of mine, um, just wanting to reach people and teach them about the love of Christ and, and the truth about who Jesus really is. But with evangelism, I mean, doesn't the church elect people to do that? I mean, isn't that what their job is? Isn't that what the job of the pastor is? The church elects people to lead, but we are all called to do the work. You mean I can't just sit in my comfortable seat? Well, you can, but that's between you and God and I think he's he'd be a little disappointed. I don't know about you, but Wait, you mean I'm supposed to get up and go out? Yes, that's what the Bible tells us. Go and make disciples. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. You're not just Mm-mm. This nope. isn't just funny Mm-mm. business Mm-mm. that you're making up here. Nope. Okay, okay. Yep. It's like the whole crux of the gospel is to be shared, not to keep it to yourself. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> so, it's not so much revolutionary as all-inclusive, and it yielding astounding results. More than 100,000 baptisms in one climactic month. Did you, can you repeat that? 100,000 baptisms in a month. 100,000. More than 100,000, yes. I didn't know that many people lived in Rwanda. Yes, many people live in Rwanda. 100,000 baptisms, that's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's, it's a miracle. Wow. So what made the difference, you ask? Something... Wait, 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 wait. Connie, what made the difference? <laughs> Something as simple as a heavenly-inspired approach to a well-known method total member involvement. In 2004, Adventist evangelist Mark Finley, you might have heard of him, preached to a live audience of 30,000 people when he when he led the first historic satellite meetings in Rwanda's capital, Kigali. This was unprecedented as were the 10,000 people baptized following the meetings. Many felt we had found the key to reaching the world with the gospel message, but this was only the beginning. So how did we go from 10,000 baptisms in one event to 100,000 a little more than a decade later? The answer is simple, through total member involvement, a bold new general conference initiative whose goal is to include and involve all church members in the work of reaching out to others with the gospel message. Now, I giggled a little bit at this because it says a bold new initiative, but it's it's bold and it's new for the general conference. But when I look at the Bible and I look at the early church and I look at the disciples after Pentecost and after Christ, you know, ascended and went back to heaven, there was total member involvement. Was there not? Like, this is what they did. They're like, okay, now we need to go 
and make disciples. And they grew and they grew and they grew. But th- these people had nothing better to do. They they didn't have they didn't have careers. Well, they were fishermen or tax collectors or physicians. But things are different now, Connie. I mean, I, I've got a career to think about. I've, I've. Well, if you have a career, then you can share the gospel with your coworkers. But I, I don't like people. Hmm. I can't help you there. You need Jesus. <laughs> Uh, there's actually uh if anyone's familiar with the skit the, 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 the guys, guys uh, they do a brilliant skit on um, make note of that we'll post that too, yeah we'll, we'll that... post that video because it's it's worth it um scripturemen <laughs> these these guys just you know show how some people react to sharing the gospel and uh, some who do not react to sharing the gospel, and uh, they were actually just at was it? A, yeah, they, they were here in Georgia. Yes, at, at an for, event for um, one of our events, actually. One, for, one of our events. Um, it was a youth youth. Yes, the youth event. Youth event last month. Um, we unfortunately were unable to attend, but um, but anyways. So yeah, I, I, I kind of lost count. You know where we were going with that. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, I've, I've got a career. I, I I don't have time to evangelize. We all have time. It all depends on what our priorities are. If our priorities are the Lord, then He will make time. I've heard a lot of people actually say that they felt so bogged down in life that they had no time to do anything, and they stopped and they prayed about it, and suddenly their schedule opened up that they were able to share with people and there were opportunities all over the place. So it all just depends on where your heart is and who you really want to serve. Do you want to serve God or do you want to serve man? Well, and and I would like to um, also have some input here is that evangelism today is not the same as going door to door um asking people if they'd like Bible studies. Now, that is important, Mm -hmm. and some of that still does work, but the society in general today doesn't doesn't want that. You know, it's if I want information, I'm going to go online and request it. Um, Maybe I'll call someone, uh, text it. So... We have to be more creative in ways on how we can get the gospel out there. And what we're doing right now is a prime example. Uh, Connie and I are not paid by the church. Uh, We are lay members. But, you know, we have to find ways to reach people that we may not be able to do. Now, Connie and I have two kids. Uh, we work full time, uh, basically at work and full time at church. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for us to go out. So, what better way to get out than a podcast? And I mean, we've been amazed. We've got over f- almost forty three hundred downloads. Praise Jesus through iTunes of this very podcast. So. 
it was just something that we we thought about doing. Um, we had the resources here from uh, things that um, you know we've done for other projects, and uh, God bless us with the ability to put a podcast out. And right. that's just one of many. It's different... one of many ways to share the gospel with people. Exactly. You know, there are some people that like to do um, drama presentations. That sunrise pageant was a legit it's, it's presentation huge for evangelism, and absolutely. it's huge for evangelism. Yep. And you know, you just have to think outside the box, and it's not limited to paid employees of the church. You know, TMI total member involvement is lay members. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very, we should be humbled to be called because honestly, if God wanted to do it on his own, he could, he is God. Absolutely. You know, but he, he invites us to do this with him. It's a co-mission. And so I like that commission, co-mission. Co-mission. Yep. He invites us to, to join with him and do this. And he does all the work for us. All we have to do is be present. That's all he asks us to do. Just go forward in faith. And Sometimes he, we're just the placeholder. Yeah, he he fills in all the rest. We don't even have to convict anyone. That's In fact, that's the last thing we should worry about is is convicting them. God does that. You know, we just the have Holy to Spirit does that. Turn the key. Yep, absolutely. And so we're just the vehicle, you know. He just asks us to be present and to be there and to be willing. Um, and so I'll continue. It says, um, oh, actually, this is important. Um, for the Rwanda project, instead of focusing on one preaching site with one preacher, we planned for multiple sites with multiple preachers. People from all over the world were invited to participate. Amazingly, a total of 2,227 people volunteered, both young and old, male and female, with and without prior experience. Anyone willing to be used by God, and they were welcomed in Rwanda with open arms. A total of 860 people were lay preachers. Lay preachers. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Churches across Rwanda hosted one or more preaching sites. The volunteer preachers were asked to do just that, preach and pray. All of the preachers had to realize... Um, all the preachers had to realize was that in preaching, it was not about them, but about God. The local churches took care of the rest. Preparatory Bible studies, visitation invitations, nurturing, health and community events, and many other duties. Outdoor tents were rented, camp meeting style, and people came every night to watch a clip from a movie about Jesus and the presentations. And the 100,000, it was a modest average of 45 baptisms per site. Some sites had many more and some had less, but God blessed them all, with each person doing a little, as contrasted with one person doing a lot, astounding numbers were reached, and Rwanda was lighted with God's with the glory of God's truth. And so that's that's just it, is that if we were all to get involved, it wouldn't be such a such a burden on one person or just a few people. If we all just carried a small load, not only would the work get done faster, but it would get done more efficiently. What's the old saying? 
many hands make, make light, light work. work. Absolutely. And God's work is no different. All he and you can see here, all they were asked to do is just be present. Everything was taken care of for them. They just had to be present. And for those who don't know, share him is a great tool. They already have the sermons written for you. All you have to do is read it. It's already prepared for you. I would suggest reading it before the night Absolutely. of. <laughs> you want to practice and you want to learn how to deliver it. And maybe you want to add your own little anecdotes here and there or a testimony. It goes a long way. Something you can share, a little witnessing tool. But it's all there for you. All you have to do is be willing and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Exactly. I mean, you know, there have been a fair amount of um, seminars that I've attended where it was lay member driven, but they were basically there to say hello. And by the way, here's our video. From an outsider, if you're telling me a seminar is happening, I'm probably going to be turned off after a night or two of seeing a video. But, you know, take the bull by the horns, you know, prepping for some sort of a presentation, especially, I mean, the slides are given to you. Yes. The sermon is given to you. Mm -hmm. You basically read it, learn it, and show up. And live it. Like you just have to, you have to believe the product and the product will sell itself. It's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Exactly. You know, you and I have both written (laughs) sermons from scratch, come up with our own slides from scratch. It's a lot of work. Um, I, you know, basically for every, let me, if I remember right, every hour, maybe it's half hour, half hour or an hour of actual talking time takes about 10 hours of prep time. And so to be able to bypass that, everything's given to you, uh, that's a tremendous tool. I mean, you know, why reinvent the wheel (coughs) if they have some things that are already working? And and Shareham repeatedly does this multiple times a year. Well, not only that, but I look at it as as a supplement to to what you were saying, when you're a lay member, when you're a quote unquote untrained person who is preaching and you're, you know, you're just doing it by God's training, not necessarily, you know, going to school for it. You allow God to be the person who does it. You know what I mean? Like you're not relying on self. Like when, if, if you've gone to school and you've learned how to preach, you know what I mean? You can kind of say, well, I, I learned how to do that. But when you are a lay person, when I gave my sermon, I had to completely rely on God that was completely vulnerable. I've never been in a situation like that where it was just like, I had to trust him to write my sermon. I had to trust him to give me the courage to even stand in front of 100 people and give that sermon. I did trust him to carry me through the entire thing, to allow people's ears to be open to what he needed them to hear, not necessarily the words that were coming out of my mouth. I needed him to anoint my lips. It was just, it was completely God in motion. All I had to do was just be willing to do it. And so that's another thing is, 
when lay people come together and do this, you see God working and there is no doubt that it's him. We can't take credit for it. It's all him. Absolutely. And and when we start to take credit for it, um, that's when the wheels come off the wagon sometimes. Absolutely. And so if you're looking to hear more about TMI, um, just real quick, it's I love what it says. It says total member involvement can be implemented at any level in any church, conference, union, or division. It is more than an event. It is a lifestyle. I love this because when I think about, let's let's talk about diets and you hear about these fad diets, you hear about the Adkins diet and the South Beach diet and they're all fads. But when you change your lifestyle and the way that you're eating, you get long-term effects and they're healthier and it, it continues throughout your life and you see changes and they're good changes. It's the same thing with evangelism. We can't just love bomb people and then expect there to be a huge reaping event there needs to be an ongoing process going on we need to live it out it needs to be a lifestyle change it can't just be a fad evangelism is not a fad it's a lifestyle go and make disciples is a lifestyle it's not a fad it's not something we just do okay i'm going to do it this month and then i'm going to do it a year from now that's not how it works it needs to be in constant motion. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more and how, how it does become effective if it's an ongoing lifestyle change. You, you mean I, I have to go out more than just on Saturdays? Yes. I mean, you can do it however it works for you. But this approach, the, the proof is in the pudding, if you will. So... It is a year-round outreach approach with many different outreach activities and with everyone doing something for Jesus. Public evangelism is only a part of TMI. A periodic public presentation resulting from many personal and public outreach activities and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is from Ted Wilson. In TMI, every part or gift or ministry matters. Did you hear that? In TMI, every part or gift or ministry matters. Everyone matters and everyone needs to be connected. Every effort made, individual or corporate, needs to ultimately connect people with the source of all power and truth. Evangelism is part of that process, not a standalone event. Prayer, food banks, literature distribution, Health seminars and other similar events are all part of the continuous process preceding and following, that's important, the follow-up of evangelistic, or of an evangelistic series or other reaping events. Ultimately, total member involvement is more than an event or a series of events. It's a way of life. And so Ellen White wrote in the book of Ministry of Healing, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. And so now we can go into the strategies. Um, and here are some few practical strategies that any church organization or ministry may follow. Um, and this is, once again, in this article. The first is prayer. 
prayer is absolutely essential. As uh, his wife, Kathy, like, Kathy likes to say, little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power. Extreme praying done by church members across conferences and unions will have a tremendous impact on outreach events and any upcoming meetings. Prayer events were held all across Rwanda. And honestly, when we pray about an event, not only are we praying for the the people who are involved that are doing the work, we're praying for the people that God will bring into the path of this, that their, their ears are open to the message, their eyes are open to the truth. We're praying that the enemy, you know, cannot be, cannot get into the mix of it and undo things. You know, there's just, it gives God even more power to work in the situation. Um, I love one of the, this talks about 10 days of prayer. The one thing that we did with um, Compassion 100K was 40 days of prayer. And so the days of prayer event is planned prior to any reaping event. TMI cards in English are available from the General Conference, Sabbath School, and Personal Ministries Department and can be adapted to the local needs. So what you do is on these TMI TMI cards, they're passed out to each member and they have an opportunity to write down names of the people that they will do four things for. Pray daily for for each person on the list, make special contacts with each person weekly, pray for an opportunity to invite them to a Bible studies, Bible study group or evangelistic meeting or pray they will accept Jesus as their personal savior. So this gives church members a buy-in. What they do is they get this card and now it becomes very real. Now they, they have it in black and white. Okay, I'm going to think of a few people. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to keep in contact with them every single week. I'm going to ask, what, what can I pray for you? What can I pray for? How is your week going? So right there, you're living it out. You're, you're making contact with them just like Jesus did. Then you're also going to pray for an opportunity to invite them to something at the church. And then you're also going to pray that they accept Jesus as their personal Savior. And if they've already accepted Jesus as their personal Savior, maybe... You know, you want to show them a little bit more truth. Maybe you want to tell them about the Sabbath, or maybe you want to tell them the truth about death or something other, one of our other fundamental beliefs. Then you pray specifically for that. You know, if you, if you know there's something, maybe they're diabetic and maybe you pray for a way to teach them or to invite them to a, a health event that you're having. Um, there's, it just... It gives members accountability is what it does. The next point is calendar. Um, You need to have a calendar of driven events. The concept of TMI is more than random acts of kindness. It is purpose-driven evangelism. Uh, Rwanda would never have happened without purposeful calendar-driven planning. Um, So what you're going to do is the first thing you're going to do is you're going to set the date for what your reaping event's going to be. And you're not going to want it to be in three months. You're going to want it to be a year from now. So let's say right now you sit down and you say, okay, a year from now, next year in 2018, we're going to have a reaping event. So once you figure out when your reaping event's going to be, how long it's going to be, then you start to set on your calendar, okay, so we need to pray 40 days or 10 days before that reaping event. You're going to have different dates 
where you're going to maybe have a health seminar or you're going to have Bible studies or you're going to start initiating small group studies. Whatever you're going to do, you now have a timeline where you have to have certain things in place and done before the reaping event. This will make your reaping event much more successful. And so not only that, but once you have this date fixed and you go through your year, you have your reaping event, if you have new members through that year, as long as you continue this process and you set another date for another reaping event. So now you set your date for 2019. Those new members that come into the church, you now give them a buy-in right away. It gets them involved right away. And so then you continue to compete, you, you repeat the process. And so it says, if done correctly, most new members will be retained. It takes planning and dedication, but God blesses any effort made for the salvation of others. The key to keeping both new and current members active is to get them involved with TMI. The next thing is synergy. Synergy is created when combined multiple forces create or start working together to create an effort greater than that of an individual one. A good example is 80,000 fans clapping for their favorite soccer team as opposed to one fan clapping. If one major meeting is held, then those attending that one meeting are excited. However, if like in Rwanda, there are 2,227, then people everywhere are excited. In the end, TMI is also TCI, total church involvement, and TPI, total pastor involvement. In other words, for the synergy to be built, all churches in the conference and or unions must be involved and all the pastors must be involved. A great example of this is, again, uh, Compassion 100K, where you had all the area churches in Atlanta involved. You had the pastors coming together and meeting together every single month. Um, the excitement and energy created all across Rwanda cannot be understood unless a person was there to witness and feel the synergy. And um, their motto and the model of TMI was each one, reach one, lose none, disciple all. The next thing is the health expo or mega clinic. In Rwanda, health expos were held and many people were helped. The result was many contacts were made for Jesus. These people were then invited to health seminars and to the evangelistic uh, meetings. What I love about health seminars is maybe you've got people who have accepted Jesus. They they think they're good with that, but maybe they um, maybe they're they're you know fitness junkies. Maybe they love um, organic foods, and maybe Whole Foods is their favorite place to shop. Or whoa, whoa, whoa the but we're in the United States. There's no need for health expos here, is there? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely there. If you look at the, obesi uh, the obesity rate of our country, if you look at heart disease in our country, this is prime for health expos. And as I was saying before, like for instance, when we did literature evangelism in Atlanta, five points was really, really easy to pass out books. But once we went to Midtown and these were... I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to classify people, but in Midtown, your average people that you came in contact with in that area were 30s, 40s, 50s, um, upper, upper middle class to upper class white people. 
they were like, I already attend church. I'm good. I go to church every Sunday. I'm fine. So another way to reach those people would be a health expo or maybe something that talks about organic foods or maybe um, supplying your own your own food on your property and teaching people how to do that because that's what they're interested in. They're interested in organic foods. They're interested in um, working out. They're interested in fitness. And so if you can do something that reaches them and teaches them, this is what the Bible says about how we should be eating and how we should be, um, what we should do with our bodies. You're going to find a new way to connect them to the truth. And so after Synergy, uh, we have, or I'm sorry, after Health Expo and Mega Clinic, we have ADRA projects. ADRA worked very hard with the churches in Rwanda to create a friendly relationship with many communities. They even built two ADRA churches funded by their own employees. Um, ADRA is very interested in helping churches reach their communities for Jesus. And so for those of those of you that do not know what ADRA means. Uh, I don't have the exact acronym, but it's basically the Adventist Organization for Disaster Relief. Yes. Yes. And so disaster relief happens all over the world. When there is, when Katrina hit, ADRA was there. Um, When there's earthquakes, when there's, there, ADRA is all over the world. And so if there's something that, you know, I know that ADRA does, um, they can actually help you with disaster relief planning for here in the United States. They have special training sessions. You can go to their website and find out where they're doing training. Or you can have ADRA, I believe, come into your church and do training and teach people how to work in disaster relief areas. So if a hurricane were to hit in the U.S., you would be dispatched down to wherever it is and and set up and be able to help people and to facilitate um, getting the help that these people need while also sharing the gospel with them in a time of, of need, of great need. Um, and so those were, there's also, if you go to the, we'll, like I said, we'll post this article, there's resources, how to get the TMI cards, Bible study groups, glow tracks. Glow tracks are great. It's a great little just piece of truth, you know, with a, a nice little cover on it. And they're always relatable. They talk to people about you know how to deal with depression and and what's going on in our world um and i have to give them credit those glow tracks are very visually appealing they're beautiful they're not like the the old 1980s bible tracks that you know you probably received you know these are are very modern looking yes up to date they're beautiful yeah they're they're pretty cool they're small enough that they they pack you with a lot of information without being overwhelming and overbearing. Um, it's a it's a quick little a little bite of nutrition that people will will hopefully want more. You're looking at me really strange. It was the bite of nutrition <laughs> simile. <laughs> and so that is TMI. Like I said, we will post the article um, on our Facebook page, but. Um, TMI, you know, I, I encourage each and every single one of you to find, if you don't know what your gift is, pray about that and, and ask God, God, I know you gave me a gift. Please reveal to me what my gift is. If you were, everybody has a gift, everybody has a gift. Maybe your gift is, and 
basket basket weaving yeah running a camera running a camera maybe your gift is running maybe you like to run there is a ministry for you and a way to get involved i say that because you're wearing our our gainesville our 5k t-shirt we do the chamber chase every year at the gainesville chamber chase 5k we have a booth we hand out books i did not run you did not run but if you are a runner that wasn't my gift though that's not your gift your gift is cameraman and podcast dude producer is the word producer let's let's sorry let's off the game here okay we have a legit operation here producer you actually direct and produce so and run the soundboard and run the kudos would you like a cookie i would actually which is (laughs) why i wasn't able to run the 5k well it's not part of the health message so i'm sorry (laughs) 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 but yeah there's lots and lots of ways to get involved if maybe you don't know how to get involved, you know, find out what your church has to offer, find out what your community has to offer and just get out there. Even if it's just, you know, an hour a week, it's something that gets you involved in, in doing something. And so, you know, it even comes down to there's people in our church that like to do, uh, like to make birthday cards. You know, I've told people like if you notice someone maybe that in the newspaper that lost a loved one send them a card and just say our church is praying for you you know and then let our church know that we can pray for them but there's just there's so many opportunities in the world around you you just have to open your eyes and look and not just see people well in the adventist church alone you have men's ministries women's ministries children's ministries um you can be a sabbath school teacher you can um, plan socials, uh, you you know, personal ministries, prison ministries. You can do food pantry stuff. I mean, there is a ton of stuff that you can do other than getting up front and, you know, leading out with a sermon. I, I've heard people say, well, all I am is a greeter at church. Can I just tell you that greeter is very high and you are the front lines of our church you have the opportunity to make or break the church absolutely you know you can open the door for people meet them in the parking lot hand them something give them a little word of encouragement smile and say hello i'm so thankful that you're here today give them a little hug you know shake their hand make them feel as welcome as possible you are important Greeters are important. They are a huge, huge facet of our church. You know, there are a ton of ministries that go into the daily operations of the church. Don't ever belittle what you do. Um, If you're a greeter, own it Mm -hmm. and become the best greeter that there ever was. Right. Um, If your, your duty to the church is being a janitor. That's an, a necessity that the church needs. Own it and, you know, do it to the best of your ability. Yep. Don't ever belittle yourself because you'll wash out your own, Im, you know, you, you'll wash out the impact that you have with the church. Right. God has a purpose for your life. Absolutely. Yes, you. 
you that's you, the listening one, right now. The one now. listening right now. Yes. God has a purpose for you. You were beautifully and wonderfully created for his glory. So. Use, use that big brain of yours. Go shine. Go shine. Rise up. Rise up. Not to the Atlanta Falcons. TMI. Show your TMI. TMI. So that is, in a nutshell, what total member involvement means. It means get up, um, look for something to do within the church to help support the ministry. If what you want to do isn't supported by the church, I, I, now I'm not, I'm not condoning illegal activities or <laughs> heretical activities. I'm just saying, if the church doesn't have the resources to do a God-driven ministry, there are other ways that you, you can make it work. I know several people that have ministries outside the church that they fund through their own personal thing. Project Rise was started because there wasn't anything like it at our church. Exactly. It was completely lay-driven. Yep. And it was as simple as designing a t-shirt and having an idea, and it spread like wildfire. Yep. It was a matter of, like, like literally I was in the morning laying in bed and just saying, Lord, I want to do something. I want to do something that's bigger than my life, that's bigger than myself. I want to do something for you. And bam, Project Rise. So... And it's still in the in the making, and it's not mine. It's completely God's. And so I just I encourage every single one of you out there, you know, if you're a pastor that's listening, you know, thank you for what you are doing, and and just continue to encourage your members to just share their gifts with others in any way possible. That you know, I don't know about you, but I I want to go home. I want to go home, but we can't go home until the work is done. And one of my favorite saying is, you know, that one of the, one of the, my favorite things that I like to say is I don't want to be found by Jesus in his second coming, looking and just waiting and just standing there like, okay, when is he going to get here? I want to be found working. I want to be interrupted doing his work. That's how I want to be found. And so I encourage you to do the same thing. Be found working. And if you work and you continue to focus on the work, his his coming will come so much faster because you'll be busy doing the work. Well, thank you, Connie, for that uh, um, overview of total member involvement. Um, it, it's great stuff. Um, you know, it, it takes... A village. A village. And you are part of that village. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that we've uh, we've gone on long enough here. Um, I've got a flight to catch in the morning. Connie needs to uh, drive me down to the airport. So, and, and I have a field trip. And I still have to finish packing. Oh man! I think I have a load of laundry in the washer that needs to dry too. Ooh. So um, we're gonna get out of your hair um, next week. Um, you know what? I don't even know what we're going to talk about next week. Well, we have an adventurer camp out next weekend, so we'll have to find another moment during the week to uh, podcast. Yeah. 
Hopefully during the week we can do it. If you have an idea for what you want us to podcast on, bingo. Email us at projectrisecast at gmail.com. Please. Or shoot us a line on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Project Rise Ministries. Yeah, we want to hear from the people. Even if you want to shoot us a line just saying, hey, I'm so-and-so from somewhere, we'd like to know who's listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. Introduce yourselves and tell us how you ended up here and what you love about the show, what you don't like about the show. Yep. We've got 4,000 downloads, so somebody out there has got to be listening. (laughs) We want to hear from you. You hear from us all the time. We want to hear from you. Well, that uh, that sums up episode eight on uh, total member involvement. Um, I want to thank Connie for uh, all of the research she did on this one. And um, rise up, get out, get involved. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you uh, next week. See ya.